Hey everyone, John and Andrew here. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, look after yourself. Have fun. And for goodness sakes, smile. This is Obstacle Course. Let's go. Man, I love the sound of all that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. John, That's amazing, those it, three things. Those are they're important things to, uh, to a life of fulfillment. But even that, even just telling people to smile, as you will learn, listeners has created uh, some controversy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, not everyone wants to be told to smile, no. including John himself. So you'll hear in this episode the, the story behind that send-off that he's been doing for, for a very long time and, and why it can be triggering uh, for some, and, but where, where it comes from and why it's important. And folks, there is a part one to this. So if you're just joining us now, I would, I would push stop and go and listen to part one. I mean, it's not like, you know, a, the, a finale of Game of Thrones or anything, but, but you know, uh, it will make a lot more sense if you hear what came before. John's a big fan of context. Not you, John. No, not John Close. John no. Williams is a big fan of context. You'll, and I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but you'll hear some answers that go on for a decent amount of time. <laughs> he knows how to talk. He's a, great at it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's the reason for that often is to give the context behind it. For sure. Um, he is a guy who his brain has a lot going oh, on. Um, you'll, you'll hear him talking about how it's a, a you know, book spilled through at a library. Um, but when he's creating his answer, when he's going on for a while, it's because of setting the context. And uh, he yeah. would always come back to it. And, and sometimes I would be like, okay, so, you know, I must have forgot. And then he'd always tie it together. I'm like, whoa, that's a master stroke. Well, he's a pro. He and he's been doing it a long time. And so, yeah, it, we just, this was easy. This was one of the easiest interviews we've done because we just had a guy who knows how to talk, knows his message, and most importantly, knows himself now and is and is proud of himself. Yeah. And that's taken a long time to get to that point. Yeah, we talk about the journey a lot in this episode. We are, he, he is at a, a really pivotal part of his journey where he's taken everything that he's learned, taking the, the values and uh, parts of his personality that really just needed to emerge and and create this enterprise, which is what was that? Yeah, yeah. What was that? Uh, we we encourage you to tune in. It's a twenty four hour, seven day a week radio station that where John plays what he wants. And uh, the cool thing is, it's going to be focused on anything in the in, recently in the last few years. Mm-hmm. What was that? Is now. <laughs> And meditate on that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for being here, everybody. This is uh, an incredible two-part conversation. We're we're so grateful for for John's time and and his uh, his friendship and his membership in our community. Now he's he's part of the obstacle course community, and we're we're part of what was that? And it's a uh, it's an exciting place to be, and and we hope that uh, that you get something from it, and for perhaps for goodness' sake, you smile. Thanks, folks. There was one thing that you actually had queued us up to talk about in this conversation. One particular story from a listener who um, had done something fairly dramatic that uh, that you wanted to share. Now, do you recall the? Oh yeah, the, um, yeah, the I know who that. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so if you could maybe start Sorry. with that. that well, it's, uh, so I, I obviously won't reveal who that exact person is, but there's been a listener who, for the last several years, has just he just doesn't like me. And that's fine because you can't like everyone and it's totally okay. 
excuse me, that's the tea burp and hiccup coming up there as we talk about <laughs> it. It happens to me all the time, yeah. <laughs> but this, this is a person who, a few years ago, would send very disgusting emails or very disgusting texts. Um, they, we don't need to know those words. Like, get out of here. I don't need this. Your voice, your country, these things, my country, get out, these things. And I would always say, thank you for listening. As I said in the last part, welcome to part two, everyone. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. And I'll always welcome feedback, good or bad. And as it, and after a few times, he just stopped. And then he reappeared about just at the start of COVID, like right before we locked down in BC. And he texted in a few things like, that's not correct. Oh, I just punched the microphone. That's not correct. And this is wrong. And I thought you were the details guy. And I was like, Haha, well, thanks so much. Actually, you're, I did. Did I say that? And I'll, let me check on the audio skimmer. I did say that. Thanks for letting me know. That's really important. That is exactly why I always say, let me know. Because like in this very interview, part one, when I said shaft and 10 seconds later, I forgot shaft. <laughs> right. I'm fine. I, that's okay. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to forget things real quick. And sometimes my brain does that because it's got so much in it that it's like, oh, tell that, tell them, tell tell this, tell this, tell this. And the library's like shuffling up that trolley that's being brought over. Like, I think when you said you like nature books, you should try these 300. That's what my brain's doing. Like, sure. John's talking about that right now. Here's 300 other things you could talk about. So don't forget them. And, and then I like forget that this book's fallen off and that book was called Shaft, for example. Yeah, yeah. So, he a few he had sent a few like not horrible but just like cheeky sassy just cheeky sass and and not hatred stuff just cheeky sass and a fire back and then I had gone on the air and got very passionate about something I I get passionate a lot but I'd gone on the air and got pretty fired up and passionate about something now about a month into lockdown and he sent me this really shots fired text message like you're such a blah, 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 and you blah, 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 and the people that follow you think blah, 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 wait he blah, sent blah, you a text message yeah because you can text the station oh okay yeah, i was yeah. gonna say Pardon you me, gave me you, your cell phone number man well people have it yeah if, if it, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's out there so, wow. you know you gave it out on on, on radio the yeah you your did that's yeah. right <laughs> your last there. show i just <laughs> heard that and there was a pause there was a pause in there because i actually was going to give out my the number that I knew would be the radio station. So I've got that set up so I can do the same system. You can call or text me when I do that. So I was like, oh, don't give out that one because why would you be giving out a number and your colleague's going to be like, why has he got a second number? Right. So then I gave out my number. Yeah. And it reminded me of when Eddie Vedder gave out his uh, pager and he shared that in Rolling Stone in the early 2000s. And after a week, he was he just threw it in a river. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he did. He just got rid of it after a few weeks or a month because he was like, I didn't think so many people would say anything. <laughs> and I said that number once. And the amount of times, and this is me being sassy, the amount of bloody times we have a cue to, to text or like a keyword that you would text in. And the keyword is piano, right? And maybe you win a Long McQuay gift card and people text in parrot and pear tree and <laughs> and you're like how the fudge did you hear that yeah and then i said my number once and i'm not going to tell you how many messages i got but my phone vibrated like uh, uh, well yeah i thought that was object a, for days that was a bold move when you said turned that. the vibration like, off so i was like mm, mm, yeah. mm. motorbiking somewhere i was like oh my gosh is everything okay um anyway to get back to my point so he he had texted and I said, look, 
I'm sensing that you're having a really hard time. Can I call you? And he didn't say anything. So after 10 minutes, I dialed the number and I called it and he picked up. Oh. I said, is that so-and-so? Oh. I'm getting some really distressing signals from this message, man. I just want to let you know that even though we've had not the best connection across the whatever I said the past several years, that I don't care if you're friend or foe, I am there for you 24 hours a day. And if mm. you need anything to be connected to or connected with, the impression I'm getting is that you are going through a mental battle right now. Where can I connect you to? There's the schizophrenic society that's just rebranded to like island mental health in, in Quadra Village because they don't just do, they do everything. There's all these people, that, where can I forward you to? And he went, uh, no, nothing, 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 nothing. I don't want to say too much what he said. And um, I said, look, I can't believe you picked up the phone. I'm really thankful. And I, and I said, can I give you my cell phone number? And I gave him the 3941. That was the other one, the station one coming soon. 778-718-3941. I think. Don't text it and say, are you my neighbor? <laughs> but I think that's it. I can confirm that later on. But that's the what was that line. Yeah. And I said, call me if you need to. And I actually, sadly, he did call me later that day. But because I was doing a bachelor pad show that night, he called when I was live and he didn't know I was live because he doesn't follow me because he doesn't like the stuff I do, which is completely okay, by the way. I am all about, whether it's the bachelor pad show I'm doing on Twitch, whether it's what was that, you come and go as you please. You find happiness for you, the individual, in each moment of each day. And as it changes and you go, don't forget when you were a kid and you were playing in a sand pit and then you saw someone playing with Lego and you went, well, I love sand, but screw it. I'm going to play Lego now. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been in the sand pit for two minutes. I thought you wanted to go to the sand pit. Yeah, well, I've got Lego now. <laughs> go and do what makes you happy. I don't care how long you spend. Radio in the corporate industry is all about TSL, time spent listening, profit margins, people in control staying with us. You come and go as you bloody want. Mm -hmm. And you, you get what brings you joy. If you come in and you hear a song, you go, oh my God, what's this? You look it up and then you go and find their record. I don't care. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. Find out who these artists are. But what I will also say is the entire record will be on my radio station. But that's, that's <laughs> right. They'll be yeah. the ones that we circle around in heavy. But you'll hear the entire Teenage Violets record, the entire Fox Glove record, the entire Kamana record, the entire Jesse Roper record. They'll all be on there. I'll work with the labels and the management to still make sure we highlight those singles. But it will all be there because I don't have to worry about the corporate mindset of that. So he called, I missed that phone call. And I, I was devastated when I realized the next day going through all my voicemails because I had a lot, which was very fortunate, but it meant unfortunately that I missed so-and-so's call. Called him straight back the next day, texted and called him back. And he was like, no, there's no issue. Honestly, just the, the chance I had to vent onto the voicemail was massive and blah, 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 blah. And what was really special and why I mentioned this last time we chatted ahead of the, uh, this conversation, was that on the last ever show I did, he sent me a wonderfully warm, yet still, I don't like you, message <laughs> that said, basically, John, for all these years, I've, I'm not, this is not verbatim, because I don't want to say exactly what it is. For all these years, I've th thrown shots at you and said this and that about you. And, and I've spoken to many people about not liking you. And I don't like your style. I don't like how open you are. I don't like how much you talk about them. I just, I like radio shows that just come and go. So that's okay. He doesn't want a radio show that challenges him to think. Right. And he said, what you need to know is on the day that I sent you that horrible message that you called me, my dad had just died. 
And I was furious with everyone around me not taking this pandemic seriously. Why are there no masks? Why aren't you cleaning your hands? Why are you going? Why are you hanging around on the beach? What are you doing? This is right at the start of lockdown when Horgan was like, you aren't listening. Here's Dr. Bonnie Henry, hmm. which was a masterstroke on his part because he was giving off that energy of like, the angry dad. Mm-hmm. No one gave a shit about the angry dad. Yeah, We've all sure. seen that. You're not going to affect change. I'll do what I want. That's the stubbornness of a child that we never let go of. Angry mm-hmm. dad, get out. Mm-hmm. And I like Horgan a lot. It's a masterstroke bringing Bonnie in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look after yourself, have fun, for goodness sake, smile. Keep things simple. She came in, kept it simple, relatable, calm, not telling you a certain thing. But she was also authentic, right? She was, she was she authentic. was crying sometimes at the press conference. Right. But it wasn't too much. It was just an it was just it's what it was. Right? Yeah. So this guy is saying and so some people just don't want to have that opened up. And that's fine. Like most radio stations that are rock stations, when you turn it on, it's like the Canucks last night. I love hockey. I love hockey. The Canucks and top 10 things to do on a date. And mm. where are you going to go and get that hoodie? And tell me about that. You know, yeah. people expect a certain thing. And I, and I get that. And I know that's what was a real shock. But it's also a testament to John Shields in saying, ain't no one going to stop you from talking about you. I, I wish I want this to happen. I want people to realize that this is what radio's for. Because that's why I love John. And that's why he gave me a chance. It's when I was in that interview with him when the morning I'd waited there from five in the morning and, and got the chance to speak with him for half an hour, three hours later when he showed up and the offices were open, obviously. And I said, I am old fashioned to a T like I am old school radio. It's about elevating the community and the artists and leading by aunts by example in being answerable and a palpable energy. If that's the right use of palpable. And mm-hmm. so he was like, okay. And I'll never forget I've always, well, I've always sort of kept a secret, but he said to me the day that he hired me, he said some really wonderful things and how he thought I was going to completely transform an aspect in case any former colleagues are listening, some aspects of how the station operates. And I'm not saying I'm the reason why those stations have opened up to mental health chatter, but there's been a clear swing in that conversation the last five years. And I am very proud of all of my colleagues for opening up like that. And I'm very proud of my own journey and part of that alongside them as a collective in showing this community that it's okay to feel how you feel. And so with to finish the point on this gentleman, I don't want to hear these things. I don't want to have those conversations. I just want to keep it simple. But you have connected with more people than you know and have affected great positive change. I wish you all the best for what you're doing and I cannot thank you enough. We well, didn't say that. I, I must really stress my thanks for you and no one else picked, no one else called me when my dad died. And a guy that I have berated hmm. and sent vile energy at called me before my own family called me. And what that said to me, and he won't ever listen to this, is that he's got battles in his own family as well. And he's disconnected with them as well. Well, that's, that's sad. Why wouldn't they have? Why wouldn't? Why was I the first person to call in the next day? And why did you? Like, what is it about your character that that you weren't just like, well, fuck off, and I'll, I'll put you on, you know, mute? Yeah. It's just not in. It's just not. It's just not in my arsenal. And how can we have more of that in our world? Yeah. Because that's not how we treat conflict. No. 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 <laughs> it's. It, I've because I think what I've realized in the last two or three years the root of that issue 
the root of that point that could be an issue rather is that because I never fully, as I said in the last conversation, part one, uh, part 15 coming next year, (laughs) was because of the way that I was abused and not seeing who they were and not knowing truly what happened in those sexual moments. um, How do I intertwine? Because of that context, I've always felt like who am I to presume all of someone else's context that led them to bring that energy to me and just shut them down? So as I matured and found more love and happiness and grounding in myself, I realized that in order to to affect, like the whole, like we're looking at my shirt right now that raised all the money for, for Foundry, which you very kindly bought one recently. I didn't iron it though. No, and it's, it's okay. <laughs> they, it, it, you need a steamer or it's something. It's pretty wrinkly. Um, it's, it's a case of knowing that I was hiding so much. So there's clearly a lot being hidden here. So if I relate to how I was, I wanted to and try to die. I don't want people to die. Hmm. So I don't care if you hate me and you're in a car accident and I'm the first person on the scene. I'm going to try and get you out of the car. I don't care if you have told me to never speak to you again. And I hear that you've been in an accident. It doesn't, it, I just, it does, I don't think twice about it. And I've been in multiple situations that I'm afraid I'm not just, I'm just not going to share because they're not to be bragged about. But I've been in multiple situations where people have been, whether I've been in India or Mexico or different situations over, over my lifetime where people have been in serious danger. And I've looked around at the group around me and no one has given any impression of giving a shit and a sugar, honey, ice and tea about that person. Well, it's just going to put me back on my trip. It's just going to interrupt my trip. I don't give a damn that I spent all my money and sold all my belongings in England to go on that India trip for three weeks with that group and, and a dear friend to adventure and do something I never thought I would do before. I don't care that I just sold everything to pay for that trip. I'm not leaving this guy. And I just, I, so I, I, I just, I cannot fathom to an extent people that are so bolt on their ways that they're like, well, it's their accident. I don't want people to stop on the highway and start taking photos of the flipping car accident. Like that, that's a different situation. But when there's someone, you know, I'm not telling the story, so it's leaving a lot of You're talking questions. about empathy, really. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, how, how can you not? And it's, look, I, with the homeless issue in Victoria, most of these people, yes, they're not from Victoria. Mm-hmm. They're not. Well, it's not your job to go on the internet and start saying these people are scum and are not even from here. Mm-hmm. Your job is to go to City Hall and speak to them and say, what are you putting in place to look at and to distinguish who is from this community? Mm-hmm. And if you want to have a rule, which the mayor doesn't want to say, we'll send them back because it will seem like it's bad. There's nothing wrong in saying, maybe we've got to put these Saskatchewan people back in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm because you're still registered as living there. There's nothing wrong with that. That is the system that the governments have built. So you can use your system to put people back. When the Olympic Games happened and they farmed everyone out of Vancouver, right? They're more than happy to do it mm-hmm. for the sake of looking good in the moment. So it's, if the systems are in play, it's okay to address, to do that, to look after your community. If you start then saying, well, now we're fixed. No one's welcome in. Well, then I've got an issue with that. So I know that I'm just, I'm sort of grandstanding points that aren't really what I want to get into right now, but it's, 
Yeah, I think I've gone off the top. Have of you always head. had that empathy, or did did you have to get to that point? It, it it was a trained thing. I was extremely selfish for a long time. Yeah, right. When I said in episode one, no no counselor knows my brain. I know me better than anyone else. I don't mm-hmm. need someone coming in here and telling me how it's going to fix it or get better. Mm-hmm. Very protective, very mm-hmm. selfish. Yeah. Um, and any advice on process for for how to get that way? There's not probably not a lot of people thinking like I'm super selfish. Maybe I could be more empathetic, but maybe they are just i think just have more conversations yeah if you're confused by something search for the answer curiosity right and don't just search for one source ask as many as you can i'm not saying go downtown and start talking to homeless people right i mean you can do that there's other ways you could do that you could volunteer you could get a feel for how it goes in in those situations I, i i wouldn't recommend going into beacon hill park like i've seen these videos lately and being like my park's ruined and i'm going to interview these people you're an antagonizer and you are an imbecile. Stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> For sure. Because if you want to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. And if you want to get followed, you're going to get followed. And I see all these these stories and they're true. I got followed by a homeless guy a few nights ago. I live downtown on Pandora. I chose to live there within 500 meters of our place. I bought particularly to be in the hub. Yeah. Now, this guy was following me because he felt it was me, but I've cut all my hair off, right? Since I was last there. And he was like... And after a few blocks, because I was then at home and I didn't want him to see what building I was going into, just in case, I turned around and said, you okay? And he went, it is your job, Where have you been, man? Right? So uh, those are relationships I've built across five years, right? And there are homeless people that I, if I don't know them, I don't talk to them. If they, if they say, hey, how are you? I'm damn right, I'll start a conversation because they're lonely as can be. Mm-hmm. And, and not heard or seen or but actually had if, a conversation yes. with answer your question just converse with people but you've got to go outside of your circle too because your circle is always going to protect you or them and the, and the ideals you've got to push yourself into different realms that maybe you aren't comfortable to get the answers you want like you've got racism is a pandemic too on that sign behind you for blm and this movement right now and you're seeing these videos of kids going at task with their parents like in America or in, or in Victoria, the one that went viral a few weeks ago, you know, the parents just didn't quite get it. And you're only going to, the, the tough conversations, this is the thing, like we are in a reality right now with technology where you simply cannot be quiet. We know, or we can imagine what you think and thus what we know you're thinking by what you do or don't say. And if you don't say anything like during BLM, why didn't you say anything? Mm-hmm. And then I've spoken with friends that I've asked privately, look, don't don't embarrass someone. On so- That's the other thing with social. I, I'm going on a rant about social media right now, I realize, because it is putrid. Oh, social man. media is extremely powerful, but I'm seeing half of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook preaching to their own choir every day if you don't like this about me if you don't like this if you don't like this hey do figure this one out if there were three bullets in this gun and four people what's that thing that's going around right now about this like murder quiz that people are playing i'm like what the hell are people doing and they're all and they're all just yeah throwing manure over their own friends you know if you hadn't thought about this yet then you've got to get out of here because i ain't got the time to talk with you how is that helping anyone? Don't talk about it on social media. Have a socially responsible, distant coffee 
so you can connect and see the aura and the energy in front of you because you misread and apply so much energy to text that is not there. Well, and this goes back to what we were talking earlier. Social media is a playground for our false selves, right? That's why we're addicted to it. We're, We're able to just, you know, you said all those little millions of lies we tell. Welcome to social media, Welcome first of all. Welcome to Instagram stories. Right. I'm having a great day. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're not. Yeah. Or it's okay not to. Only posting flattering pictures, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's okay to right? post you crying. You know, Melissa yeah, Villasenor sure. from SNL, who I adore. Yeah, An Incredible sure. comedian. Mm. One of her uncles just died a few days ago. And I'm used to opening that story and it's time to watch birds with Melissa or do art or do characters or she's got other SNL casts like Chloe, yeah. who's the... the Chloe, the latest addition to SNL is is gold dust. That woman is one hell of an impersonator. Mm. And they do these great sketches together. And I opened it up and she was bawling in tears. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, this is, yeah. I told you it's an authentic feed. Yeah, no, for And sure. I'm not saying that anyone, you don't need to do that. If you're listening, oh, I don't need to share that. You don't have to share that. But then, anyway, my point is with social media is that we're tearing each other apart. And, and we're not we're, we got to we got to be careful with those fine lines um i don't even know if i answered the, the point i mean because i think the point is the, the point that you made which is converse and compassion yeah i think now would be a good time to shift into uh the, the thing that's taking up like 95 percent of your life right now yeah. um because that, that's what was that yeah, hey, exactly. there you go thank you that's exactly the inflection <laughs> perfect for. um so we, we don't want to, we're not going to spend too much time on what predicated the, the shift or, or that exactly. But I think we really want to focus on what, what is being created now. Um, but maybe to introduce it, was there a point when you decided that it just needed to happen? Yeah, I knew three years ago and had multiple conversations in like yearly reviews with the boss and, and the GM and, and then when the president of the company came and they always come and say, you're the future and blah, blah, blah. And I would have private conversations with the president after his town halls each year and, and I would let him know in, in secret, in private, everything that was bugging me or that was was great and praising and this is you say these people are the future, this guy is the future and make sure you look after these people. Have, have that chat and build a relationship where I'm not calling him out in front of all the other staff. I just don't do that. And so for the last three years, I just felt like I've just been in cruise control. Mm-hmm. And there have been a few things I had done and I didn't get quite the support I thought I was going to get. The boss, boss man, Johnny, always on my side. But sometimes there are other things at play that just mean that you can't get that done. Mm-hmm. And so what was that which turned into a one-hour new music show on Sunday evenings in the zone that ran from January just before Christmas until I left a a month and a bit ago? This show has been planned out for like three years. Um, And it was a constant battle with little niggles and and, and situations here and there where it was like, well, can you make sure you play an established band in it? And can you make sure you play a 90s song in it? Whatever it might be. And I'm like... And it's not, this is not John's suggestion. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. It's a new music hour on a Sunday night. No one's going to listen to it. We'll get more listeners on the website that come and check it out during the week. No one's going to go, oh, I need an alarm for John at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. No one's going to do that. I'm sorry. I did it. 
because I was really proud of what I put together and I was monitoring the social and the text and everything at the same time remotely. I did the first two in the studio to launch it, but I'd get like one text to show or two texts to show. And even then that might not, that doesn't mean that no one's listening. It's just like, it's a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're playing all that established nineties music, the rest of the week, two or three times an hour, it's one hour of the whole week. And so during those discussions, I was like, mm, what was that? It's like actually a pretty good, that's a good name, full stop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to double check that no one's got that as a radio thing. And from my global searches, knock on wood, no one has registered what was that as a station or copywritten it. I have now in, in BC, so I'm protected in BC. But mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it, I, not to be too cheeky, I think it's a genius name mm-hmm. because the whole model is it's music that's no, no older than three years old. The foundation of the classic will be the three years olders club. And then predominantly it'll be based around the last 24 months. Mm-hmm. And so what was that? Literally, you're, you, sometimes I do as well. I've put so many new songs on there. I'm like, what was that? My girl, my partner's like, who's this? I'm like, well, uh, is that Mella? Uh, it's this one kid, a uh, jazz musician from London. No, it's not. Oh, no. That's how much new music's on it. So in, dis- and in saying and being very frank with them, like I feel like I'm coasting. I'm not quite getting where I'd like to. And they were like, oh, well, let's do this and let's do that. And then that never came. And one thing that I always say about broadcasting and radio and, and, and TV is that they, it's that proverbial golden carrot and you're, you're, the, you're the workhorse and they're dangling that carrot. That might be a promised wage increase. It might be a promised show. It might be a promised new position. It might be a promised this, that, and the other. A lot of the time, it just does not come to fruition. Yeah. Um, and any, I, any regrets in, from that time? No, I don't regret anything. Never. No. The reason why is because they have known exactly how I felt for the last three years. This was a surprise me leaving to my immediate colleagues and family at work because the Dylans and Jennies were like, whoa, like you, how did you not, that must have been really hard not to tell us that. And I was like, yeah, because I knew if I did open up that friend group, you would be like, no, please don't go. And not, not begging. I'm saying just don't go because we work really well together and we do a great flipping job. Dylan and Jason to me, to Jenny and Paul was a solid setup. Mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to open it up I kept it with who I needed to keep it with the three people that needed to know um, and from those conversations across the three years no one asked me to stay They, uh, the GM Rob said would you consider coming back at some point but no one asked me to stay because I had conversed so clearly and I'm very passionate so they knew there would be nothing they would say that would change me I had to dive in and try launching what was that i had to do it i feel like your grandpa gave you a piece of advice that was instrumental to well them. that's the thing is then the christmas time yeah i read COVID. so if i want to truly answer andrew's question it was june the first week of june so went back for christmas my grandfather who um passed away a month later mm-hmm. he very very old school English guy like when when my grandmother passed 10 years ago and she was from Seanigan Lake that was the Canadian connection born and raised one of lots of kids I mean our grandparents the great grandparents had a, a, a like was there anything going on or was it just like churn these babies out one of one of, one of 13 and one of 12 and one of 9 I've got 7 sisters and 3 brothers and they adopted kids our family's incredible that's amazing but like I, I don't plan on and my part we don't plan on having 13 kids or, or 10 kids or 9 kids 
Uh, certainly not right now. I can't afford to pay for even myself to buy a sandwich later. So it's in the freezer. I've got food for a month. Don't freak out. I've got food for enough for two months for myself in the freezer or rice. And I've got food for the cats. But, We're all good. But this no. this wasn't a COVID thing. This was like, uh, what was that thing? This was getting ready for lockdown. <laughs> yeah. So um, when my grandfather said at Christmas, you know, I, we had a conversation six years ago when I was in England, seven years ago for my sister's wedding. And that was the first time that he actually revealed like, this is how I courted your grandmother and this is how I loved her. And I was like, whoa, this is all this heart that he'd never shared before. And so our relationship really became very special in his late 80s and early 90s because he was just like, why have I been filtering myself? Mm -hmm. Filters off. And I love that, mm -hmm. as you know, because we're into a part two of what should have been part one. No. And so at Christmas, he pulled me into a separate room and said, Jonathan, what you've done you should be very proud of and what you've done has made me very proud and what you're doing is being held back and if you really truly want to affect community change there is nothing wrong in feeling that you've got to leave the organization to be the individual because my grandfather and his grandfather and his father sorry and his grandfather after the second world war they launched all these companies in london uh, an accountant uh, uh, firm uh, plumbing and electrical design architecture and they built a lot those companies and and that's they built a lot of what the west end of london is right now if you go to fulham in in near putney across from the bridge there and you go to the fulham football club i didn't find out until i was like 16 that my great great grandfather launched that football club wow. so when you go to fulham and after the first and second world war and it had been bombed and, and i was going to say whatnot which sounds very very disrespectful to those that were a part of it excuse my turn of phrase there but it's been devastated certain areas now when it was rebuilt it was much of my grandparents companies in conjunction with all these other companies that everyone helped launch each other to rebuild mm -hmm. but when you go to fulham right by the stadium you will see nella road and nella is alan backwards and alan is my mum's side of the family yeah. And so they left all throughout Fulham, different buildings and condo buildings and streets are all different family members' names reversed. And I had no mm. idea until I was 16. So when I went back seven years ago for my sister's wedding, I bought tickets to take all my friends to a Fulham game. Unfortunately, I'm a fan of Tottenham on the other <laughs> few miles away in, in, in London. And I tried so hard to be a Fulham guy and I still, I'm so happy they're back in the premiership again. Uh, and Scott Parker, a former Tottenham player, has got them back up as a manager. Um, but when I, I'm still going to be cheering for Tottenham when we play each other. But I was like, Dad, you've got to walk me around and show me all these streets and where you used to live. Yeah. And where you and mum fell in love and really, really powerful. So when my grandfather said that, and I was on the plane back and I was like, mm, it feels arrogant. It feels arrogant. I was so concerned about everyone else that I work with going, who the hell does he think he is? Because I have said that too about people that have left radio and done things like, well, good luck. Because I was just under the thumb of the corporate dangling gold carrot. I was like, well, you can't, you, you can't do that by yourself. And then I started thinking, well, I just raised $10,000 by selling over a thousand shirts. So I started doing math, which is I need a thousand subscribers at $7 a month to make the same money I'm making the last five years and have the ability to put 25,000 back into local musicians and charities. Mm -hmm. That's with a thousand. Since I left, I had a lot of people reach out that the numbers don't need to be shared, which were astronomical to me. So if a quarter of those people get involved, then there's no reason why this time next year, we're not all having a conversation as a collective as what was that community and going, where are we going to put this $150,000 now? 
That will be the obstacle it's... for part three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the what was that foundation slash radio station? Well, hang on, let me answer this question. Have I have I have I, have I answered your question? Yeah, this is good, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, you're answering. It. I have no idea what the question was at this yeah. point. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Sorry, my what brain's was that? gone off on one. These yeah, are the exactly. best conversations. We're <laughs> just going. The yeah. whole business model is it's fifty fifty. Yeah. So you know, I am answering the question. Sorry, I just. You're there. Uh, I'm, um, I'm checking myself because I have spoken heavily about myself for a few hours. and That's, that's my... what you do on a podcast. That's kind of the point. <laughs> and I yeah. love the sound of my own voice, guys. So I was just like, sugar, how much have they spoken? No, they're asking me questions. It's weird. It's weird. It's a word that I don't... I say nothing is weird, really, because it's not. But this is extraordinary that I'm not the one leading a conversation. So it's just dawned on me. Um <laughs> So in him saying that, I really struggle with it. Is, it. is this arrogant? You know, what are the Jennies and Pools and Boss Man? What are they going to think if I come back and say, I'm leaving here because I, I just, as you know, Boss Man, and I'm going to do my own thing. Um, the Boss Man was like, like we had a secret meeting on a baseball diamond um, so that no one <laughs> would hear us talking about it because I was petrified that he was going to, maybe I wouldn't be friends with him anymore. I didn't know at that point he was retiring. And I was like, you know, maybe he's staying for more time. Maybe this is going to really damage our relationship. And he was blown away by the preparedness and hmm. and then said, not surprised by this at all. And you need to go and do this. Wow. You have to go and do this. Hmm. I will help however I can help. Hmm. And then I started crying because I, I love him. That's amazing. And then yeah. we talked about things that will remain completely private always. And um, mm-hmm. so then having had sat on my grandfather's thing and then having that breakthrough chat with John, I was like okay no this this isn't this isn't me saying i'm the messiah i am not better than anyone else that i work with and there are people that i've worked with that we've had we've had headbutts over the years where sometimes they have been are you bragging are you saying you're better than me and i'm like no that's i'm proud of what i'm doing as an individual i'm speaking for myself to my own social media about an interview i did i'm not saying you can't interview so those things will always come up whether you're a shelf stacker a waiter a mechanic because you'll, you'll, you'll always want, I would hope, to improve the best you can. And then you'll start, well, why is this person? And it's okay to check. Of course. Right? This goes back to my point 20 minutes ago. It's okay to ask the question. Like, were you bragging when you posted that? No, this like I posted it to my private family. Like, I just, I'm really proud of that. I got to speak with that band. And it went well. Yeah, and I've heard that sure. people hang up on people he this person hangs up on people. That he just, no, don't like it. Boom. And I got, half of, I got 35 minutes with this guy. So once I'd had that chat with John and then with grandpa and then when COVID, we were really in the thick of COVID yeah. and there are things that I can't and I won't share. And I know that it leaves a lot to be imagined, but it, there were major parts of why I looking at the future did not foresee a positive future for the Jim Patterson Broadcast Corporation. Now there are many businesses and corporations looking at a negative red I'm not talking about the red. I'm talking about, I did not foresee a positive mental mindset moving forward. Yeah. And so I, people have messaged me and said, how did you know they were going to fire all those people? I didn't know that. And I certainly didn't think about it because I didn't want that to happen. It was an initial thought. Anyone thinks about job security. Maybe I'm going to get fired. I'm not afraid of failure. So I wasn't afraid of being fired, but I was, it was in my mind as to, well, What's going to happen if these people do? Because I know I've got a secret plan, but no one else has, and they'll get blindsided, which in turn then multiple people did get blindsided. 
and their entire lives are upside down right now, like a, an egg timer that won't, it's, it's glued to the floor with Gorilla Glue. You can't turn it over now. It's going to take years for them to figure out how to pick away at that layer to, to be able to move it around again. Um, because the way that the station is, is John Shield has always, to, ha- to the people that have been fired, it's no secret, John said to them, and it's been made known on the air, come to the school of the zone. Don't go to university, don't go there, come here, come to my school. So what do, they, what do these people do now? They have no degree mm-hmm. and no radio stations hiring anyone. Yeah. So when I looked at the way that the corporation was going and a few things that I just can't say on this podcast that happened within house, it said to me that these people just don't quite wish to and thus don't get our community and these souls and these people that are a part of their system. And so uh, there is nothing wrong with going as an individual. Do I want to associate with this? It's not arrogant. It's not you being better than anything else. It's you as an individual going, I'm not comfortable and that's okay. Remove yourself from that situation. So after three years of saying that I felt I wasn't going anywhere and then looking at a potential, holy crap, what the hell is this company going to do? And some of the things that they were trying to do, I was like, this is not how I, this is not, no, this is not how I do things. And now that I've built this amazing 10 year, like the reason that we're chatting here today, like I had to then peel away the ego and go, I have got the ability to break free. Queen, how did I not say that in episode one? (laughs) Queen, dad played all the queen in the world. And then Neil Diamond. Just so, yeah. sorry if you tuned in, in, in and <laughs> and you Neil Diamond and Queen and Beatles. They were the big, 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 big ones with that. Sure. And then Coolio later on. Um, <laughs> I'll see you when you get there. Throwback. So then, uh, I guess publicly, it's it's pretty clear. Like I I said some things on the air one day, and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to go on mute for a few hours and. I did that and I stand by it even though some of my friends and former colleagues don't like that I did it because even though I'm sat here now saying these things are in-house and I'm not going to reveal it, sometimes one, and I will always, always, always do this, sometimes someone has to take the proverbial bullet in order to make things get going. And we had this internal discussion that had gone on, in my opinion, for far too long. And it was focused in the wrong place. And so what I did, which some might think is immature or was stupid or deflected in the wrong, in a, in a negative way, I don't, it brought all the eyes on me. And the way that radio is, is no one would dare turn that mic on and go against the person that gave them the chance to turn the mic on. And so while I turned the mic on and didn't say names and didn't say what it was, it was very clear I was pissed off. And it was very clear because I didn't say anything for two hours. And then got really upset by all these people that texted and said, if you're not there, where do I get happiness? And that's not why I did that. And I didn't think Mm. about that when I was trying to deflect from there. And that's where then it became negative and I'd upset these other people. So they were now confused by the lack of information, much like anyone listening to this right now. Like, what is he fired up about? Well, I'm afraid you just won't know. But sometimes you've got to be the person that says, I'll take the hit. And what that hit did was that these people in their offices went, what did he do? It woke them up. They were so stuck in their petty high school argument of power, you'll do what we say, you're gonna do this, that they didn't realize. And and in that moment, within the next day, the issue was solved. 
Well, and one thing that's... Oh, I'm oh. not saying that I'm the reason why. Yeah. It just happened that the next day that it was solved. Because there were other people that wrote and did incredible things and went to battle in that situation right. that I just can't open up anymore. And as a collective, we as a family got the right decision from the corporation. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at that, that for me was, I'm out. So start of June, I'm like, nah, if we're arguing about this in the middle of all these things going on in the world right now, a pandemic and all these movements and social justice, if, if we're going to do this now, nothing's going to change. And I am not going to work here for 30 years. When I And I'd always wanted to work there for my entire career. Mm-hmm. I made that very clear. If I could do an Ed and Cliff and be there for 30 plus years, the only thing that would make me leave would be going to CBC or going to The Edge or Indy in Toronto. Those were the only things I had interest in to take what I'd done here and try and build that mental mindset and openness in an even bigger city. That's the challenge to me. Now I'm realizing after all this growth that I can do this online and it can just build that way. Maybe, maybe, but I'm confident it can instead of being kept in that corporate box where it's like, yeah, you can talk about that mental health thing like maybe once a week or you can talk about this thing, but maybe just at this time of day because it's just let people when is there ever a good time or not to do something so so one of the things that's coming through big time here is values and you reached a point where your values that have been with you since day and one have changed and matured absolutely yeah yeah um you 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 weren't able to you weren't aligned with the values no, of the corporation I, once that once yeah, I'll let you finish, sorry. Yeah, no. So I'm curious, in terms of what people might be expecting from what was that, what values is that built on? My In summary of the value point, which is... Uh, sorry, I've got my feet really stretched right, out. Yeah. We keep playing footsie on yeah, the We table. do, yeah, it's adorable. And thank you. And <laughs> every job I've ever had the, as soon as I've got the job, I've said to that person, whether I was 15 stacking bananas or when I was working at the, the performing arts school that I went to after, like after I graduated, I was like, when the day comes that I feel that my integrity is misunderstood or questioned and that you don't understand the passion that I'm going to bring to this, which sounds arrogant, but when I feel that, we're, that there's a disconnect and that we don't share the same value, I'm out. And so that's been on my mind for like three years, man. And it's not anyone in Victoria but when COVID and restructuring and the boss is retiring and it's like that safety net's gone now. And that's what the zone and the queue are in right now is they don't have John Shields anymore. And I said this to a few of my colleagues, like I know that everyone loves him. I do not, I, I'm not, not saying that no one likes him, but I feel that a lot of people don't realize just how important he was for not just broadcasting in Victoria, but across the country. Because a lot of the things that John Shields was behind with his crew, which he'll always say were a team effort, and that's very good of him, but a, a lot of the things that he's been the man to come up with and that his team have fleshed out to a great extent have infiltrated modern rock radio across the country. Mm-hmm. Sonic and Edmonton. That's him, Al Ford, Garner Andrews, Jason Manning. They launched that baby off the back of the zone. Look at that. It's the, one of the most powerful stations in this country. Garner Andrews is a world-class DJ who hosts a morning show by himself with Bryce doing the news. And these are guys from the school of the Q that became the school of the the Q on the zone because it was the X and and the country and all that stuff before it. 
You look at the mixtape, John Shields giving Brian Boitano, who at the time I was against the mixtape. I've said this to Brian, it's not a secret, it's not a surprise if he listens to it. I didn't think it was something we should do. I thought it was a risk. I didn't. Li- I don't like club music myself very much. I, I thought it would be a damaging thing to put at drive time. It's one of the most successful parts of the station's history. <laughs> it's brought in some of the biggest revenue. It's, it's brought us some of our biggest numbers. We, we've gone from bottom to top station. I mean, it's one of the many things that have brought success to the zone. That's a John Th- Shields thing. Well, guess what now? Humor Kebab of USS. You can hear him on Edge in Toronto, right? Other ha- Live 105 in Halifax, right? Rock stations are starting to do the mixtape dance party thing that we thought only top 40 stations do and it's bringing them success you've got to be afraid to try you know when you look at the zone and the queue over the years there'll be loads of things where you'll go oh my god they did that well you've got to you've got to be afraid to fall to get up and try again and that is the epitome of what john did he let everyone fall and pick him up and go okay how do i not let's do it again for lack of a bigger example so you know, John, after listening to your story for the last few hours, one thing that's obvious to me is that you, there's no way you couldn't leave because it's a culmination of your journey. You're, yeah. you're finally into your true self. You're fully confident with who you are. And, and now it's just like, oh, yeah, I got to leave. Like, I don't even see it as like a, I know I don't know all the details, but I don't even see it as like a angry thing or anything, but it's just a like, I can't not leave. Like my values are over here yeah. and I need to go do this now. Yeah. I'm, I'm fully connected with thousands of people, by the way, fully connected. They need me. I need to do what I need to do. And that's really the journey of all of our lives. Well, they need we, me and I need them. Yeah. And if yeah. we just take a sidestep and go down a different street, we've got more time to talk and hang out. For sure. And so it's just a culmination of your journey. It's, it's a courageous move because a lot of people hit that point and they don't leave. Yeah. Wherever they are. And this is... Right. So to, to finish, when you're asking when, and, and this, was, this will build into it because I'm finally getting around full circle here. Thanks for your patience, everybody. But <laughs> at the start of June, when all those things happened, after I'd done the whole muting and I'm not going to speak, I was in, on holiday for two weeks. Now, I'd actually booked that holiday a long time ago. I was going to be going to Detroit and Toronto and team up with a bunch of some wonderful rock stars that have been fre- become friends and go and do a baseball trip. Hmm. That got cancelled. When I did what I did, I did plan it to be in the middle of the week because I was emotionally exhausted. My grandfather had passed in the last month. I had other family members that nearly died from COVID. I had other friends that had been in some nasty accidents. And so my brain and my mind was in a lot of sludge. Mm -hmm. And I needed, I was like, I need more than two weeks off. And I have loads of holiday, but I then think, well, it's not fair for me to then make Dylan and Jason, Jenny and Paul have to do six hour shifts or move around. You know, that's why you book this stuff in advance. But what I did was when I called them out on the air and said, I'm going mute. And when John came in, as I said, I need mental health leave right now. Mm -hmm. And I was very frank to him in saying, am I stable? Yes. Do I know what I just said? Yes. If you need to tell them that he had a breakdown on the air and that gets you through this thing and we get the decision made, tell that lie. But I know damn well what I said, but I'm not coming back in the studio this week. I, I, I have to take time off. And we made a plan about how they would address that with listeners because obviously it caused a lot of confusion. And so we came up with the paragraph that they would, that he would share. And then, and then I, and then that changed a bit later on. But 
what I did in that two weeks was I, that's when I built, what was that? So you may have seen in, in other reports from people that have asked me about it, which is very kind that, no, I, I said in those interviews, I've been planning this for a year, but I've only built it. I built it in two weeks and 14 hour days mm-hmm. in the end of June, mm-hmm. start of July. That's when I built everything. Yeah. Yeah. I guess now what was that basically is going to be a new music exposure station built around what I love, which is rock and roll and hip hop, an alternative. You're going to hear a lot of rock, a lot of hip hop and a lot of vault. Hmm. Then there's going to be definitely some punk and some metal and some dance and some uh, everything. There's Hmm. no boundaries on this. A great song is a great song. Yeah. Um, With a real big impetus on Canada as well. But you'll never grasp where you're going. You Hence just the title, always, right? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah. Now, the more you listen, like any radio station, there will be those songs that play more than others. Yeah. yeah. The way I've got it lined up is I've got my top 28 songs that are that will be played. They'll be played two or three times in 24 hours a day because I want and I wish for people to get the idea of how diverse what was that is going to be. So whether it's Snotty Nose Res Kids to Have I Am Mighty to Black Pistol Fire, to uh, Mother's Cake. Do you know Mother's Cake? This crazy three-piece rock band from Denmark, to Combos, this punk band from Norway. It's, this top 28 is so diverse, from metal to pop to rock to you name it. And so there will, that will be how I like, to Marcus King, this incredible blues musician, that everyone, how... How rock radio stations aren't playing Marcus King, produced by Dan Arbacher, Black Keys, is mm. blowing my mind. Mm. It's got the cue written all over it. And excuse me if they have started playing it, but like, my God, this guy is like, you think Jesse Roper is cool? These two need to do a show together. It would be a barnstorm. And what, what, what do people say? A barn burner? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we shouldn't talk about fires in BC. <laughs> it would be an unbelievable event when we can get together again. So what was that? It's built around new music discovery. And so you're asking what are the values it's built on? It's built on authenticity, openness, answerability, if that's a word. It's built on complete upfront. Now I know... That I've, I've got a 30-year game plan for this. So yes, people have asked, can I hire someone? I can't hire anyone for three, four years unless this blows me away and I suddenly have 10,000 subscribers and the station's making, 10, uh, making a million a year. Look, I, even my parents to an extent are like, you don't need to reveal all these things. No, no, no. It's, imp- it's imperative. If you're going to trust me and I'm saying it's $7 a month or 55 for the entire year, but it's free to listen to the whole time, which has been misreported in interviews that I'm very glad for as well. But this is a free station online on all your apps. If you've got the internet, you can get it. If you've got new cars with CarPlay and Android and Apple, you can get it. It's always free. $7 a month or 55 a year. If 10,000 people subscribe a month, the station will make $1.5 million before tax a year. So after tax, you're looking at about 800 and something. I, I'm not, I just look, these are not exact numbers. And then when you take away the 4% that will go to SOCAN and the American Music Association for the artist royalties, and then when you take away all the other costs of my $250 a month to have this radio.co and Google and Apple access and everything, then we split that 50-50. Then I get 50%. That's how I live. And hopefully how I buy a farmhouse one day for my future family and, 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 and for, for these two wonderful people that I adore. 
And then the other 50%, we decide, right, okay. So what I'm thinking right now is that if I had 100,000 100, a year to, to put back into the community, I would like there to be a $30,000 grant for a band from within BC. And that's like the all-encompassing grant. If that's that you just want to spend a 30000 on a record and amass even more debt, well, you, you choose what you do with it. This is built on trust and understanding. Because the connection I've got with these listeners that are friends, they're not listeners, they're friends. When I say family, I mean it. My ex-bandmate, my best friend, he's like, I don't, these are fans, John. Like I know you call like your radio listeners friends, but these are fans and I want to keep that difference. That's fine. That's his journey. That's his thing. He wants to keep that. That's fine. But for me, they're friends. You're investing in me. I'm invested in you. And in the past with relationships, you know, that's opened up to conversations as a side note, like, why are you talking so much with these people? Because they're investing hours of their lives into listening to me. And if they send me one message and I can't say, how are you? And have a 15 minute chat, then I'm a POS in my opinion. And they will go, okay, just another, because that's the expectation. Like when you were speaking about an episode, one of this 28,000 part with me, (laughs) and you were saying when your father died, you sent that message and I replied. I can't remember what I replied back then. I hope it was personable and I hope it wasn't just a, oh, I, thanks for sharing that. Because most people expect when they reply, get a reply from who they perceive as a celebrity, which I am not. I have a really cool job and I get that you put that energy into it because I put the energy into bands that I meet as well like that. But the more I can then speak to you and bring that down and go, no, 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 no. You could do this too. It's a different circumstance. And so it's as simple as that. I will, you will always know my intentions, what I'm trying to do getting the money into the hands of musicians and artists and getting the money into mental health initiatives. So we spoke about in episode one, it's $150. Who wouldn't want to invest that in themselves? Sometimes you just can't do that. Royal Mountain Records have done it. They're the only flipping label in the world. They, or at least they were the first, and pardon me if someone else has done it in the last nine months. The first label that I have ever seen that said, we have started an offshoot of our company where every band will have access to a guaranteed $5,000 whenever they need it for mental health and counseling. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. Wow. No exception. The capital to have that ready, untouched at any given moment. So for bands on tour in Brazil and they need hospital treatment and they need it, whatever, it's there on top of what insurance they have, whatever it might be. So I'm inspired by that. Not trying to better it, I'm inspired by the people that I've got to know throughout these years. And so I was speaking to Menno yesterday and, and he was like, did I just see on Instagram you're doing it? I was like, yeah. I was like, I need all your songs from Romantic Records. He's like, hell yeah, I'll send it right now. And, and I'm inspired by that model, right? We're in a subscription-based world right now from Amazon to Netflix to Twitch to all these things. People are okay to pay seven, 10, 12, 15, $20 a month. Patreons sure. support artists. Yeah. So for me, when I'm being up front, and I wanted to do it $5.50 a year, but my accountant, who's my sister, was like, you need to live, you need to live. Jonathan, please just charge $2 more because when you make over 30 grand a year and a tax kicks in, you will only learn about $2 from that $5. Okay, all right, I'll do it. I realize it might not work. I'm basically trusting all these wonderful people to dive in and pay for me to live which still sounds a bit arrogant but what they will get in return is what they already know and even more even more connection to these musicians even more connection to the artists and the poets the counsellors 
everyone in their community that makes decisions that I wasn't allowed to speak to or couldn't get to speak to or for whatever reason, there are no boundaries now. So when Jeremy Loveday says something and people want answers, Jeremy will come on in and join me. You know, I'm not going to turn into CFAX, but I'm not saying that's every day, but the world is our oyster. What would the audience like answered? What would you like to know? If it's just music facts, mate, I've got that through every, out of every orifice of my body. I'm full of music facts, reading and listening every single day. And that's how the station will launch. It's all about those artists because in this world right now, they're not getting the respect they deserve. And I'd like to amplify it as much as possible for those voices that weren't heard before. But beyond that initial launch, what do we want to do here, guys? What do we want to talk about? And how do we want to go about it? Well, and what's amazing is this community that is that you're a part of but also that you've been a leader of and i don't want to say it's your community because it's you know everyone is taking that choice to be involved in it yeah they're crying out for it that there's that those thousands of messages of support that you've had are evidence that people are looking for this that people are, are wanting more that maybe those values that you didn't align with they don't really align with either and whether everyone is paying or or half the people are paying it the more people you get in that community the stronger it is especially when all those values are yeah. are aligned it's 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 magic that's that's where the magic happens and just to add also at the same time as i said in the first part like do what makes you happy if you flick between me and where i used to work hell yeah go and support those people those are my dear dear friends and I hope they remain dear friends for a long time as we go through the process of me not being there anymore where some still haven't said much to me. And that's okay. It's processing. The friendship won't disappear. But do what makes you happy. And I'm also... I'm trying not to have any advertising on it. So I've had amazing offers of like, oh, I want to support you. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. And I'm like, well, but I'm trying not to have a model like that. So here's what's blown the mind of... Uh, a few people that have messaged me about it like how can I sponsor a show or how can I get commercials and I said well for the first two months maybe even three I'm not going to do any of that because we don't know who's going to listen yet and so I can say and this is what I've said to people I'm not doing advertising right now I flipping love that you want to help because I do have some potential financial issues because we just don't know what's going to happen so it's nice to know that if you're going to stump up a thousand dollars one month I will be able to pay my rent. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that right now because here's what we're going to do. And they're like, what? I'm going to give you access to part of my server and we'll voice call or we'll Zoom call like we did the other day. And I will show you all the data and you will decide after all the years that you've spent advertising with local TV or radio, what you value me at. And they were like, what? And I was like, we're in a pandemic. The first few months, I don't wish to have advertisers because I will give you all of the advertising for free. That's what community does, right? I'm not going to come and haggle you and say, you've supported us for years. Why are you pulling your advertising? It's pretty flipping obvious, okay? You get what I'm putting down with some things that I also left about? It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So you will say to me, well, John, I'll tell you what, I'll give you... $7 for a 30 cent commercial. In the industry in Victoria, uh, there was a station that used to do that because they didn't have many listeners. The average is about 15 to, about 12 to 20, 
325 for a 30 second spot depends on your station and success and day time of day and a lot of variables so with that they went well when i agree what i do what then i said then we'll draw up an actual professional contract or insert correct term here that i need to read up on because i'm not a salesman <laughs> and i'll turn to my sister and my and chi my other accountant for help with that and, and and then we'll officially rubber stamp it so that it's good for all your taxing and my taxing and that's how we'll do it no i'm not i'm never going to turn around to some and at the same time then because i'm going to be very clear with that other clients they there's no complaint if i'm i'm not charging more for someone over someone else it will be a unique individual company to company connection and <laughs> look at the world we're on right and look back to when how the world was before we had technology people lived off of community trade yeah this is sure. not yeah. some i i am not reinventing the wheel here no no you're tapping I've, into I'm something a, i am a, i've got yeah. i'm a i'm a i'm a, a dairy farmer you've got chickens we will trade eggs for milk yeah i've got a radio station online that i hope will have a consistent few thousand people during the day and i would hope maybe up to five thousand with me when i'm on the air monday to friday 10 a.m to 4 p.m for the first month and then 10 a.m to 2 p.m thereafter <laughs> um we're going to trade together yes i've put a value of seven dollars and 55 but but 55 dollars a year is not is not is not a lot i actually did some math last week and it made my partner bust a gut laughing. I said, I just did some quick math and I spent $55 on M&Ms last week. <laughs> Chocolate M&Ms last week. Potential sponsor. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out, mate. I, can you write a letter? Yeah. Um, I know this guy, I'm sure you get this a lot. He's really addicted to your product. Um, he's got a social media following of 2,903 as of yesterday. Oh my God, you should totally get in touch. He's an influencer. I'm not. Yeah. Um, yeah. The what was I going to say? No, um, I know I've put value on the seven and fifty-five, but because I had to put the seven down because I I need to exist. But I am completely at the mercy of those that have supported me and a, and a massive reason as to why I'm doing this and who I am right now. I am trusting that they will when and if they can. Not saying consistently subscribe every month. If you've got to take that month and save seven dollars for your kids' gym class or for those new plimp souls, whatever, you got to live your flipping life. Dog food because you've quit your job and you need to buy dog food for two months. Whatever it might be, <laughs> do what makes you happy. But I'm trusting that they know damn well. For as long as it's just me, and hopefully we'll build one day, they know exactly what they're investing in, <laughs> and they know that if they have any quandaries, I will answer it immediately, and there'll be no BS. So as we bring part two to a close here, and I'm not segueing for part three because this feels good. This feels good. <laughs> it does. It feels really good. One of the models that we use in our conversations is that of the hero's journey. And oh, right. Can you hear how hungry my stomach yeah. is on the mic? I wasn't sure whose it was. It's usually mine, it's but usually I think it's John. yours as well. And yeah. I didn't eat breakfast uh, today, and I had a dinner early last night. So, And the rule is, the loudest of stomach, they pay for lunch. So, <laughs> sorry <laughs> right. about that, John. I'm pretty sure the mic's <laughs> close to picking up on it. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's, it's authentic. Um, but yeah, that, that model of the hero's journey is 
is uh, is super relevant here because you're in a position now where you're bringing something back to the community that you've learned, and you've had your dark nights, no doubt. And and hero's journey is not you know that's not something that we just apply to to the the true heroes to superheroes. It's everyone is on their own hero's journey, and and some people don't recognize that, and and then they're not able to fulfill it. So when we look at at your story, when we've heard a, a lot of that arc today, uh, we can look back to that that ten year old boy who was horribly mistreated, and we can look back to those those real challenges with addiction and and how far you've come. And I thought maybe as a final question, uh, looking back through those times, if you were to give some sort of piece of advice or, or wisdom to someone who is maybe in a different part of their arc knowing that you were once there and and now you're doing something you're so proud of and you're so passionate about and you have this great opportunity and and you know they can as well what what piece of advice might you pass along to them hmm i think the biggest thing you need to do is you need to sit down and this will be a constant evaluation that will change. You need to sit down, maybe it's daily, maybe it's several times a day. You need to sit down and just try and distinguish who am I? What do I stand for? How would I like to move forward? A big part of my growth that I've stopped in the last few years was I would write down all of the things that made me bust a gut laughing or genuinely really happy. And I would date it. And I would just, I would, I would write the quote if it was a quote at a dinner table. And then after that quote, I would date it. And then I would write exactly where I was, what I was wearing. I know it's this particular detail, but the reason why is I was formulating a book that became books of nothing but positive experience because we do so many positive things every day that like we were talking about in episode one with the lying and, and, and not being honest, or maybe just not trying, mm. try you don't really want to try and communicate with someone. You don't realize just how many positives you do every day. Mm-hmm. And the negative, it sucks and it's shite and it can be extremely detrimental, but it can also be channeled and turned over time. And that's the other thing is as you sit and you go, okay, where would I like to go? Who am I? You can't expect this change to happen straight away. And it will always, until the day I die, I'll be still on this journey. Yeah, for sure. I am not the finished article. But in having that book to sink straight back into when in the sludge, it's not going to lift. Some days it will lift you right out. Some days you'll be like, ah, you die. I don't want to laugh. I'm still want, I want to be pissed. It will, but it will gradually, for me, it gradually helped. So you've got to ask yourself, what have I been through? And you've got to face that. Whether that's with yourself. For me, it's all verbal. Anyone that's listened to this podcast knows talking comes naturally to me and i say it as a joke i love the sound of my own voice i love talking a lot but it's also absolutely essential that i verbalize everything if i keep anything in my mind there is so much going on it it is dangerous it's like running over an eight lane highway in ontario you're going to get splattered so i cannot afford to leave those things in there i have to verbalize them years ago that was screaming now it's sat here having these sort of conversations right it's different. It evolves. Be open to the evolution of it. But you have to push yourself as an individual to be at one eventually with the most darkest part of your being. 
So by having that positive memory nugget book and by having the self temperament, which is the real hard thing to really click yourself into, okay, I am going to not drink this or I am going to go to this council. I am going to make sure I do this. There'll be days when you don't. You're going to beat yourself up, but don't beat yourself up that much about it, right? Get back in that, in that positive book and write down the other things you did today that were powerful in amongst the crappy. So the biggest thing for me that I have fought for years is, does anyone know who the hell I am? Well, the only way they're going to know that is by being you. So stop hiding you. And if you, in turn, then reveal things that mean friends go, peace out, peace out, buddy. Peace out, buddy. Because the amount that I spend wasting energy and always will do, it's the biggest thing I'm battling, which my counselor's like, you, and even boss man Johnny, he's like, John, you give way too much a shit about everyone else. <laughs> it's just how I am. I get it from my mum and my grandmother. Everyone else before me, us together. It's just, but the hardest thing is that I've always felt no one knows who the hell, so you've got to communicate. You've got to tell them who you are. And if that brings about old connections that disappear or new ones that come about and then they, they last for a few months and then you're like, where did this go? You have to be yourself. And if you know that deep down inside what your moral and what your foundation is, you have to vocalize it. For me, you have to vocalize it. For others, it might be journaling it, but you have to vocalize it. I'm adamant on that. You've got to find a way to speak to close friends, close family or counselors, and you've got to get it out loud. Because the more you say it out loud, like we were talking about in the first episode, the first part, the first whatever you want to call it, with the small lying, is before, before you realize it, you're justifying all these parts of your hidden characters that you were trying to bring out to the world you just got to let it out and you've got to be prepared to grow and fall along the way. And, and though that's, that's it for me, I could, I could spend 38 minutes, 48 minutes, three days talking about it, but it boils down to simply note down all the incredible things that you've done every day, every day. So it's there to go back to months later, years later, or the very day you wrote it in there and you've got a reference back to it from this morning and be you. And that's really simple to say in two words, be you. I know it's not simple, but you've got to push yourself to be honest and communicate always. Because if no one knows how you're feeling, it's a lonely and it's a dangerous battle by oneself. Absolutely. That was beautiful, John. The other thing I wanted to, to note was, um, and I think this is so so important for people to realize is, you were greatly victimized at one point in your life, but you have chosen not to live your life as a victim. I did it, for a long time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but no now more. you have chosen not to yeah, live your life no as more. a victim. And I just think that's such a such an important message for everyone listening because so many people have been victimized in countless ways and they don't even realize decades go by and they're living their life as a victim. Yeah. But in the last few years, you have stood up and said, no more. I'm going to love myself for who I am and I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm going to go after what I love. And that, that's, really, that's really the culmination of, of the journey. And as you said, it doesn't end. We say that all yeah. the time, the obstacle course. Sorry, guys, that's life. That is life. And it never ends. And, and I just think, once again, for those people who are out there struggling, just to realize we're all struggling along with you. But if, if, we, if we do it together and we can be true to ourselves, then, then we can arrive exactly um, somewhere beautiful every time you go grocery shopping yeah. every time you go to the well i suppose not the doctors right now because you're not allowed to be in a clinic every time you go anywhere social 75 percent, if not more of those people around you 
they can connect you in a way that you never even thought possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so there ain't nothing wrong with vocalizing it. No. And like you've been very kind in saying the people that have connected with me from doing that, it works. Mm-hmm. I didn't think this was going to happen, but it's built and it's pretty amazing looking back at it. So mm-hmm. I think the perfect way to end off this, you know, two part beautiful conversation is you're famous for your sign off. <laughs> and so I think we got to give the people what they want. And so, um, if yeah, you, well, we got to give you some M&M's stat for but, sure. Yeah. yeah we'll get you some M&M's. M&Ms. <laughs> Not expecting that. But, uh, yeah. Do, do you, do you want to, well, that's, imp- I mean, and that's important to say as well, because I got a lot of pushback from that, from people look after yourself, have fun. And for goodness sake, smile. Uh, don't tell me to smile. But when they actually give me the chance to explain it, I was told to smile a lot growing up mm-hmm. again, as anyone that's listened for these what feels like six hours will hear you've got to turn that negative into a positive and the biggest one of the biggest things that haunted me growing up was smile 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 yeah I finish every show with it now mm-hmm. every day you've got to try and find look you can't run away from what's happened to you no you've got to take no. ownership yeah. that was me taking ownership I understand that certainly a lot of women messaged me and said I really don't effing like this and mm-hmm. once I explained the context they're like I really effing like this. And some that were like, I still don't like it. And that's okay. You know, that's why during COVID I edited it and said, I, for those of you that are new or don't understand the context here, I don't feel comfortable saying it. I'm going to say, look after yourself, have fun. And I love you. Thanks for listening. Because we were, we were, we were getting complaints about it, but here's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because these two people that complained about it and tweeted the zone and you could go back and check these tweets they're still there. What are you doing telling us to do this? Get rid of it. Who the hell do you think you are? And I replied and said, thank you so much for the feedback. I was actually just saying on the air when I said it, that I think I've got to change it during COVID. It doesn't feel right for me. But I've linked an article, a quick read as to where it's come from, because I will not be removing it. The context is very important. Mm. That person tweeted back and said, great, awesome. Thank you. I totally didn't think you'd stop doing it. (laughs) So you've got to ask yourself, going back to social media in part one, what are you serving and who are you serving? For sure. Yeah. With all that being said, how would you like to, how would you like to finish this one off today? I just would say I'm just really thankful for the, the conversation and the connection and the new friendships. And the, just whoever's listened to this, I'm really thankful for the time they put into it. And again, I am not the be all and end all of anything. I am a single unique individual on this planet we call Earth, living life the best I can. If I can bring any kind of joy or positive or a a, a different thought process to how you go about yours, that's amazing. But I am not here to tell anyone how to do what to do. I'm here to distress. You be you and I'll be me and make sure that we communicate effectively and compassionately and with care. And what's amazing is that you grew this community after you really started becoming you in the last few years that's when it when the real change happened that's when the magic happened so that's an incredible message to to finish off with and and put out there and and uh yeah thanks everyone for your time and for listening and and for being here bye cheerio (laughs) and that's the episode 
Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can find us at all the usual places, obstaclecoursepodcast.com. We're very active on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Obstacle Course Podcast. And speaking of Facebook, we have a great new growing community called the Obstacle Course Community that you can join, dialogue with Andrew and I and your fellow listeners about the previous week's episode and any obstacles you're dealing with. And we do appreciate reviews, whether it's on iTunes, Google, Facebook, whatever. It helps people find the podcast. And it has nothing to do with our fragile egos. Well... Uh, you know, we just like to hear back from great people just like yourselves. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep pushing through those obstacles.